Well, good morning. How you guys doing? Good, good. We know how I'm doing. So, so if I drop the mic and run off stage, you know why. So, <laughs> well, my name is Matt Williams. Uh, Amber and I were the lead pastors here. If you're visiting with us this morning, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I'd love to get to meet you. I'll be hanging out in the lobby afterwards if, if you'd like to shake hands and maybe talk with me at all. I'm available for you. You know, we know that uh, a lot of people will watch online. So if you guys are watching online, uh, I want to say welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I know that a lot of people will check us out online before they come in and visit. And so anyhow, I just want to say you're always welcome to come and join us here at the church on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday morning. You know, this morning I want to talk to you about the idea of prayer, the idea of prayer. And I know that, okay, yeah, we pray. Of course we pray. We're starting this brand new series called Upload Complete. Upload complete. Is my prayer getting through to God? Sometimes, have you ever felt that way where you're like, you've been praying and you're like, is this really getting anywhere at all? Sometimes it can be frustrating but, uh, in your prayer life. But I want to help you over the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about how to develop a prayer life that has some power and some purpose behind it. But I got to say, as a pastor, I know you think I should have like the most world's most perfect prayer life. And I, I hate to break it to you, but occasionally um, I do not have the world's most perfect prayer life. In fact, there are a few things that, that I am um, an absolutely, um, really just dogmatic, religious, I, am, I will stick to in, in, in prayer. And, you know, I would, I would tell you that it is, um, you know, I, I'm very passionate about this, that, that, that prayer over food needs to be short. Prayer over food needs to be short. Have you ever been in a prayer situation where you're going to eat and someone's, let's pray for the food. And then they're like, oh, dear God of heaven and the universe and the seas and the ocean and all living things. God, we pray that yet your will would be done across the globe. We pray for the missionaries in, in here and the missionaries over there. And we pray for, and it's like, no, 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 shut up. We're praying for the food, not all of that stuff, right? My food, okay, I'm sorry. All right, but you know, when I'm praying, praying alone sometimes can be a challenge, right? Like when you're praying alone. You start, to, you start to get tired. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll fall asleep while I'm praying even. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, I'm just praying for this. And, and God, I just ask that you would um, give, give me grace to work with this uh, situation. And then I'm, you know, and I start getting tired and falling asleep. Or praying alone, I get ADD sometimes. You know, everything that like starts to pop into my mind. And, and, or if I'm walking and praying, you guys ever walk and pray? I'll walk and pray. Or I'll be driving and praying. And, and don't close your eyes when you're driving and praying. It can be very dangerous. But, you know, ADD, I start praying about every random thing under the sun. And, and so sometimes I get like ADD or distracted when I'm by myself. And, but, you know, sometimes when I'm praying, I'm praying in groups. You know, praying in groups. Sometimes you feel unequally yoked with the people around you. The guy on the left to you, he has a, an iron grip that's crushing your hand. And as somebody's praying and they're agreeing, they're gripping harder and harder and harder. And you're like, dear God, mercy, mercy. And you're trying to tap them out. And you would, but the other hand's being held by somebody else, you know. <laughs> but they got the limp fish hand. And now all of a sudden you're realizing as they're squeezing you, you're starting to squeeze them. And it's like becoming a chain reaction. And you're like, wait, who started this and where is it going to end? <laughs> you ever been praying in a group and you, and you get confronted with the super Christian praying guy? You know what I mean? Like, like I'm just going to pray about what I'm dealing with right now, but, but they're all of a sudden quoting every scripture, and they're using all these long words, and the whole time they're praying, you start to feel inferior, like, I'm not a very good prayer. Has anybody ever had that? And you're like, man, I wanted to pray in this group setting, but now I'm too ashamed to pray in this group setting because I cannot come close to, all of a sudden it's like a comparison game, and like, then suddenly you know, you're practicing at home, and then the next group, you're like, 
No, is that just me? And then you're like, okay, next time Johnny's going down because I got my prayer set. <laughs> Comes a competition and yeah. You listen to guys like that pray and you're like, man, if I was God, I'd listen to their prayer. Like I'd answer it, you know. <laughs> my goodness, yeah. Listen, prayer is a thing that we should be marked as believers and followers of Christ. If you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Christ, I want to say I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're checking it out. You're welcome to be here and just kind of investigate your faith. And, and, and we, we're glad that you're here. We really are. But you should know a few things. And one of them is this. As, as Christians, we should all have a vibrant prayer life so that when we are communicating with God, it's something that every Christian should be marked by. We should be marked by a life of prayer. Jesus said that his church shall be known as a house of prayer. And so is our church known as a house of prayer? It should be. It should be known as a house of prayer. Is your personal home known as a house of prayer? Is your life known and marked by your prayers that you're praying? That you're praying. You know, prayer is such an important thing that in Luke 11, when, when Jesus, the disciples asked Jesus something, they say, hey, will you teach us how to pray? Now, they are much more spiritual than I am. Because I, when I think, if I had the opportunity to ask Jesus something, I think I would have asked him, hey, Jesus, can you show me how to walk on water? Like, like that would be like the most epic summer pool party trick ever, wouldn't it? You're like, oh, my towel's over there? Pardon me. And you walk across the water, the whole place would be like, whoa, you know? <laughs> you know, grab your towel, walk back across again, you know? Like, I just said to say, like, I would want that, like, I don't know, I think my, my natural self, I'd want to walk on water, you know? And, uh, or maybe, or maybe in, in, maybe there's some of you that say, you know what I'd do is I'd ask Jesus, how'd you turn that water into wine? I'd be the life of the party. Yes. Well, don't act all Christian on me. <laughs> Three of you are like, like chuckling lightly, and the rest of you are like, can I laugh at that? Because I don't know. <laughs> Feels wrong. See, the disciples understood that the source of Jesus' power was through his prayer life. So much so, when they had an opportunity to ask for something, they didn't ask for something trivial like water into wine or how to walk on a water. They actually asked Jesus, how do you pray? Teach me how to pray. Because they saw the power that came out of Jesus' life and they connected it. That they said, we understand that this is directly related to the quality of your prayer life. And so how do I pray? They understood that. I want to challenge us this morning that, that sometimes our prayers are too small. Sometimes we are praying for small things, or they're general. You pray like a general prayer that you don't even know if it actually got answered. You know, like, like God, I'm just praying for traveling mercies on my way to work today. And you're like, what is that? What is a traveling mercy, and did it actually happen or not? I mean, if you got to work, then is it a miracle, or is it just a normal day, right? Like, we got to pray for some serious things. God, bless me. God, will you just bless my life? Hello, do you know what country you live in? <clears throat> like, like what, what kind of blessing do you need? You know, like, to know that you're blessed. Like, look around, you know, you have running water that is not full of, like, in disease and infection. Like, you are in, like, the upper echelon of blessing and natural senses in this, in this country. So, so Lord, Lord, bless my, bless my life. Or, or, or we ask for these, God, just be with me. Well, his word says he's with us all the time. Like, so, so, God, I just want you to be with me today. You know, that's kind of a small, general prayer. And listen, I want to tell you that general prayers don't move God to specific action. General prayers don't move God to specific action. In fact, all through Scripture, you can see how, in, in how there are specific prayers that are being prayed with specific actions attached to them. 
So I want to challenge you that to up your prayer life, to get to a place where you're praying specific prayers that require the intervention of God to come into it. If you're praying for something that the only way it's going to happen is that God actually does it, then you're praying in the right track. If you're praying in something that you think, well, it's kind of a roll of the dice, it might just happen on its own anyway, listen, your prayers aren't bold enough. Your prayers are too safe. Your prayers need to get a little bit riskier, and you need to take a few more steps out in prayer. There's nothing wrong with a small prayer, but I want to tell you there is more to God than what our small prayers are asking for. And God wants to give it. He's a good, good father, and he wants to give um, everything that is spiritual blessings back down to his children. General prayers don't move God to specific actions. In fact, in fact James said, we did a study on James just recently, and in the book of James, James said that, um, that you do not have because um, you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. You know, prayers are one of those things where you've been praying for something for a long time and you haven't seen an answer to it. Sometimes you think, I'm just going to quit praying. But, but the scripture also says that prayers will outlive the saints that pray them. In fact, you know this is true because some of you are sitting here today because your grandmother, who passed away years ago, prayed you into the kingdom of God. Like, you know that these prayers that have been happening for generations and generations have been coming true even in your life. So I got to tell you that don't quit praying just because you don't see an immediate reaction or immediate answer to that prayer. Keep praying, keep investing, keep, keep seeking the Lord on these, these bold prayers. Bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. You see, if you're not praying for the impossible, I might question if, whether you're insulting him a little. Like, do you believe that God can actually do these amazing things? Are you praying a safe prayer because you don't actually think God can do it? Can you pray a bold prayer that demands miraculous response? If we started praying the way that they prayed in the Bible, we might see some biblical things happen in our lifetime. You know, I will read through the scripture and see how, how walls fell down how kingdoms got cr crushed, how, how God's people crossed rivers that were impossible to cross, how, how waters got divided and they walked onto dry land, how slavery, slaves got set free from Pharaoh. And, and I saw over and over and over in the scripture of how miraculous things happen. I think if we want to see biblical-sized miracles in our life, we need to pray the biblical-sized prayers that we read in scripture. If we started praying the way they prayed in the Bible, we might see some things happen. You know, part of this is that we have to believe that, that God is for us. God is for you. He's not against you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's for you. And if you don't believe that, you're going to pray scared, timid prayers. But if you believe that God is for you, that he wants to, to bless you, and he wants to, to work through your life to have an impact in the others around. If you believe that God is for you and, and that he is not against you, and you start to pray prayers that start to believe that, your prayers will change. Your prayers will no longer be the, the, the timid, small prayers, the, the vague, answered prayers. But you start praying for specific things to happen in your life. You start praying bold, audacious prayers. In fact, I want to tell you that your prayers are the best predictors of your future. As you pray, that, that's how you're going to walk. Like when you're seeking God for something, that, that, that is probably the direction that your life is headed. If you're praying that you're going to hit the lotto, I'm just saying that you're not going to hit the lotto, but, but I'm saying that you, it's a prediction of what you are seeking after in your life. 
You're seeking after your money, right? You're seeking after uh, financial gain. There's nothing wrong with financial gain, but, but that should be a byproduct of following the Lord. Like we should be seeking the Lord and he may, you may or may not have financial gain in the midst of that. That kind of is irrelevant at times when you're following the Lord. Following God does not mean it's gonna be wealth and mansions and private planes, right? I mean, following the Lord actually means you're gonna have a more difficult time in life. It means that you're gonna face some struggles because now you're dealing with a spiritual opposition against your life. I just, I gotta say this, that over the last year or so in our church, um, we've been focusing on, on the back end on some things that, that we have, um, so we've been focusing on some systems and structures on the back end of our church, and, and some of you guys have seen that. You've seen the, 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 the implementation of that, of our volunteers are now a little bit more organized. Um, we have a way that, hey, if you want to get plugged into our church, we have a process for that, and we actually have steps that are kind of laid out. We put all these things in place over the last year or so because we thought, well, we've got to be able to build the infrastructure to handle more people because we believe that God is going to bring more people into our church. In fact, as you look around the room, you start to see new faces showing up. If you're new around this church, you got to know that our church is growing and we're reaching more people. And, and so part of that is because we put some infrastructure into place. But I got to say this is that there's another piece is that the spiritual passion and pursuit inside of our life can't slip in, in, in when we're trying to make um, this structure that goes into our life. Now that kind of makes sense. So, so I will say this, as a church, we have... This is, this is me, all right? Okay, confession time. Can I confess to you? Is that all right? So confession time, right? So we're putting energy into things, right? So I'm putting energy into the spiritual health and well-being of the church, but then I'm also putting spirit energy into, into the structures and systems of the church. And as a leadership team, we're doing this. Listen, we, we are going to make an adjustment um, starting now uh, that we are going to start making a shift back into the other direction. And, and here's why. Hear me out is this, is that as we have put energy into the structures and systems, we've lost a little bit of, of energy and focus on the spiritual health of the church. Now, it's not that we're spiritually unhealthy as a church, right? Like, we are, we are not spiritually unhealthy, but we've lost a little bit of ground in that area. I see a couple of nods. You guys say, yeah, that's probably right. Three of you. Okay, the rest of you are liars. So, we have. We've lost a little bit of energy in that direction. And so, so you're going to see this over the next coming months. And so we're going to re-energize ourselves back into putting more energy back into the, the spiritual development of, of City Church. And, and that's, that's for a reason. It's because if you don't have the Spirit of God and what you're doing, it doesn't matter, right? It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good your process is and your structure is. If you don't have the Spirit of God doing, with you working it, then it's all for nothing. And so I believe that it is not an either-or equation. It is not the Spirit of God or systems and structures. It is a both-and scenario. And so I just want to say we've been building on our structures, but guess what? We're going to start building on our spiritual momentum as well. We have both of those things that we're starting to work on. And so this series, we're talking about prayer, but I want to tell you well, how amazing would it be if everybody that was in our church was being prayed for by name every single day? Wouldn't that be an incredible thing? Wouldn't it, what do you think your life would look like if you, had, if you knew you had somebody praying for you every single day? That would be an amazing thing. And so we're actually in the middle of, of reworking our small group structure, and, and, and that's one of the things that we're going to start building into that, is that every small group leader is going to start praying for everybody in their small group by name every single day. So if you want someone to pray for you by name every single day, get into a small group. Because in that small group, you're going to find the community and the life-giving spirit of God building up what God is doing inside of your life. Does that sound like a good plan? So we're going to start, we're going to start working that way. Our small groups this fall are going to have a little bit of a revamp as we're working on this, on this thing. And we're going to start pushing on the spiritual momentum and spiritual activity inside of our church. That, that, that was not in my notes. So as my dad used to say, 
preacher for 25 years, still preaching, he would say that's free because if it's not in my notes, you didn't pay for it. So That sounds really unbiblical to say it's free, doesn't it? I don't even know where I'm at in my notes now. We're talking about prayer today, though, so that's good. All right, here we go. We are going to look at what it means to pray on purpose. So all through Scripture, you see this. We're going to look at some passages of Scripture, but today I'm going to look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, if you have your Bibles with you, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. You see, Paul has this pattern that you'll see when he starts writing to the churches that he's writing to. And here's the pattern that that you see. He says, Paul says, I pray for this so that that would happen. He prays for this so that that would happen. All through there, he's, he's praying on purpose, for a purpose. He's not just praying, I just pray that the blessings of God would be on you and you have traveling mercies. He, he's saying, no, 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 I'm praying for this so that that might happen. What are you praying for in your life that saying specifically, I am praying for this so that that might happen? I want to challenge us that we need to develop a prayer life inside of our own everyday walking around life that we develop a prayer life that helps us to get there. And so Ephesians 3.14 says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So sometimes we need to change our physical position during our prayer life. You know, you, you see the pictures of the kids, and they're, they're on their knees next to the bed praying, you know? And, like, I don't ever actually do that personally. I don't, like, that seems odd to me. But guess what? I do change my physical position when I'm praying. There are times where I do kneel. There are times where I do lay down on my face. There are times where I am standing and walking. There are times, like, I think changing up your physical position helps you remain focused on what it is that you're praying for. Sometimes if you get into too much of a routine and a habit, sometimes you can get a little bit adrift. If you find your prayer life starting to drift and get unfocused, and mix something up. Change up your physical position. Change up the location. You know, if you have a, a prayer closet in your room, maybe, maybe you try praying in a different room and then coming back to the prayer closet or, or whatever it might be. I'm just saying that, you know, he says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now, verse 16, I pray that his, <clears throat> I pray out that his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Glorious riches. We have a spiritually rich father, and yet some of us live like spiritually impoverished children. We have a spiritually rich father, and he is a good, good father who wants to pour those spiritual blessings out onto every one of his kids. We should be asking for those, right? Like we should be asking God of the heavens, you are a spiritually wealthy God. God, I need your spirit in me. Like, I, I, you should be praying those kinds of things. Like, I need your power in me. This verse says that I pray out of his, that, that of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. You need God's spiritual blessings and power in your inner being. You know, that, that word power is dynamos. Now, you guys know the Bible wasn't written in English. Many of you do. Okay, it wasn't written in English, right? So they had to translate it from the original language um, into uh, English because um, they spoke Greek when they were writing this one. So, so they, they translate from Greek over to English. So the, sometimes the translation of the words um, is, is a little bit funny. So when you d- dive in and look at the words and you try to discover what's the best way to translate, sometimes you dive into this thing, you start to discover that there's more behind the word than what the word actually has. 
And an example of that is in our English language, you know, I love my wife, I love these jeans, um, very different loves, very different loves. But, but you know, so, so you got to dive into the word a little bit to kind of understand sometimes what the, like the, the meat of the word is, right? And so dy- dynamos is this word, and it means power. It's the same word that we get dynamite from. Boom, dynamite. Like, like it's, it's not like a little bit of like a low voltage juice, like licking a nine volt battery power. power. No, 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 this is like light a fuse, plug your ears, push down the thing, kaboom thing, right? Like it blows up rocks and mountains. They make tunnels with this kind of power. Like, like things that were unmovable by humankind up until this point, before they invented dynamite, they were unable to build a tunnel through a mountain. It was impossible, impossible. But yet the, di- the power of the dynamite blows open this thing so you can get tunnels through. I'm telling you, there are things in your life right now that you think are impossible, but through the dynamite power of God, it can blow tunnels through things that you say are impossible to blow tunnels through. We serve a God that has great, great dynamite power inside of him. And this verse is saying, he says, I'm praying that, that you would have the power inside of you that you would carry this power with you everywhere that you go. Paul is praying that your inner being will be filled with the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I need the power of God every day. You need the power of God every single day. Like, I, I got to tell you, like, like, I'm feeling really nasty all day, all week, actually, but I'm up here, and I thought, you know, God, I need your dynamite. I was praying this on the way here because I'm preaching about it, so life application. And so I'm driving on the way here, and I'm like, God, I need your dynamite power to be able to preach this morning because I don't feel like it. I feel really terrible, right? But so it's like, God, I need your dynamite power to get the word out because, God, you have this word that, that you want to give to our church. And so, so it's, I need that power to come from inside of me out because it's not in me, but God, I need you to put it in me. You need to pray some of those kinds of prayers in your life too. God, I need that dynamite power of the Holy Spirit to come into my home because my my kids right now are driving me insane. I'm going to choke one of them to death and I'm going to be in prison. But God, I need your dynamite power to give me the grace to get through this situation. I prayed that before too. And so God, (laughs) one I've never had to pray miraculously is, um, God, I need your dynamite power in my marriage. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But yeah, so God, I need your dynamite power in my marriage. She's she's sitting right there, of course. She, She brings the dynamite power. And so... Hey, uh, so the, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling well. I'm all sweaty and fevery. All right, <laughs> little, yeah. yeah. As I should be, I heard. Oh my goodness. Wow, it's getting hot in her. All right, so um, you need the dynamite power of God. You, need, you know what? You need the dynamite power of God in your prayer life. You need the dynamite power of God in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, or if you're a little bit older, your relationship with your parents or your aunts or uncles. You need that dynamite power to be there in your office with your boss and your coworkers. You need everywhere you should be going, you should be praying and saying, God, give me the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit because I don't got it. It only comes from you. So I want you to drop that inside of me so that I can deliver it to where I'm at. God, let me be a conduit for your power to make a difference in somebody else's life. Because I believe God wants to do that in you and through you. In fact, it even says in Ephesians 3 that he wants to do that in you, that dynamite power would be in you. It would be in you. So we need to start tapping into what is available to us through Christ. Start praying bold prayers. There is more power available to you than you understand. There is more Holy Spirit power available than to you than you understand. By the Holy Spirit, through the glorious riches of God. You see, Jesus didn't die on the cross and raise to life just so that you would be 
blessed and safe. <laughs> he didn't die on the cross, he'd be blessed and safe. He didn't die on the cross, he'd have traveling mercies. He did it so that you would have power to do the miraculous. You'd have power to be able to deliver the Holy Spirit into the lives of other people as well. Okay, so 16, verse 16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit on his inner being. 17, so that. Oh, he's not saying, I want you to have this power just so you can have some fun today. He's saying, I want, I'm praying a specific prayer for your life so that this other thing might happen. This pattern happens a lot in Scripture. So we have got to have a prayer life that also follows these types of patterns. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Have you ever met somebody and you're like, I don't have what they have? Have you ever met one of those people, like, like you've been praying with somebody or somebody in the church, or, or you meet somebody in, in your life and you're like, man, they have another level of God that I have yet to experience. Have you ever had that kind of experience in your life? I, I've had that kind of experience in life. I have mentors in my life that, that I've, I've encountered along life that I've realized, you know what, like I, they have something that I, that I don't have, and, and I, I need that thing that, that, that they have that I, that I don't have. They have like a, almost like a supernatural peace regardless of the insanity going on in life. Like how do I, how do I get that supernatural peace that, that they have? These people have like a confidence that seems otherworldly. You ever met one of those people? You're like, I don't even know why you're confident. Like you're broken ugly and you have no reason to be confident, but but you have this confident that confidence that like I just don't understand. It's otherworldly. It gives, gives, gives hope to all of us, right? Spiritual maturity. You meet someone with a spiritual maturity. <laughs> you meet someone with a spiritual maturity, and, and you're like, man, they have something that I don't have. Or you meet someone with faith that you don't have, that seems like, man, I just don't have what, what they have. Listen, you can have that. You can have that. You're right, you don't have it. And you feel like, I don't, I don't feel like I have that. But you can have that. Because the Heavenly Father who is rich in spiritual blessing wants to pour out those things into your life. He wants you to have peace that surpasses understanding because it comes from him. He wants that to be inside of you. He wants you to be an ambassador for Christ so that everywhere that you go, you infuse that Holy Spirit power peace into stressful situations. If you have a stressful job, your prayer every morning on the way to work should be, God, I need your dunamis dynamite power to bring peace into my life so that I have enough peace in my life that it spills over into having peace in everybody else's life. And so when everybody in the office is like, how do you have this peace? You can, be, you can tell them, like, listen, I pray every day on the way to work and say, God, I need your peace to invade my life so it spills over. So I get my peace from, from the Heavenly Father and you can, do, you can bypass the middleman, go wholesale direct to the, to the dealer and you can bypass me and you can get straight to heaven if you'd like to. Like, you can have these things. Like, like there's something there that God wants to give to each and every one of us. It says that it, 
in verse 19 that you know his love that surpasses, under, surpasses knowledge, or some translations will say surpasses understanding. You cannot, naturally, you cannot naturally understand God's love. It requires a supernatural understanding. Our prayer life should be asking God for a deeper revelation of his love. God, I don't, I don't understand the depth of your love. I know that you love me, and, and I understand a part of it, a section of it, but God, I, I, I need to, God, I need your supernatural power to come into my life so that I can just understand the depth and the width and the height of your love. I can't even comprehend it. You should be praying that for yourself. You should be praying that for your spouse and for your kids. You should be praying that for the people in your life. You should be praying for that for the people that are in your life. See, the thing about God is this, is that love is not what he does. It's who he is. He doesn't love me, <clears throat> he doesn't love me because of what I do, but because of who he is. Which means this, that regardless of what you've done, God still loves you. His level of love for you is greater than anything you could have done in this world. Because love is who he is and not an action that he takes. Who he is loves who you are, not what actions you take. Who he is loves who you are, not what actions you take. So many times we get caught up in, in, in our in our walk with the Lord, and when we start to think, well, because I did this and I did that, man, I feel really guilty, right? And, oh, man, I lost my temper on this thing. I, I, I did this. I, I, I cheated this, or I, I lied about that, or, or whatever. You insert your own thing in there, right? And, and, you, and so that thing happens in your life, and you're like, that sin happens in your life, and you start to feel guilty about it, right? And you think, oh, man. And so the enemy comes along and says, yeah, you're no good, and you can't even pray to God right now. Listen, that is not how God operates. His love for you is not based on your performance. It's based on the fact that you are his child. For every parent in the room, this should ring so true because your kid can be an absolute amazing child that does everything right and you can have another kid that does everything wrong and your love for them is still equally strong. It's equally strong. You, you understand that your love for them is not dependent on their performance. Now, their performance might disappoint you or something, or you might, you might have like a, uh, like, man, I really want you to change the way you're behaving in there, but your love is not affected by that. Listen, God's love is not affected by your performance. God's love is not affected by your performance. In verse 20, and I'm going to wrap up now. If the band would come, we're going to close this morning. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Hmm. To do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Do you see the faith in this prayer? This prayer, that he's read through a prayer right now in, in, in Ephesians 3, and, and, and the amount of faith that's in this prayer. He's basically saying, God, unleash, unleash your supernatural power into our lives. What a prayer. 
God, I want, I want a supernatural prayer. To, God, I want your supernatural power, your dynamis power, your dynamite Holy Spirit power to come into my life so that it will then go out of my life to affect those around me so that others might come to faith in Jesus. What a faith-filled prayer that is. What a faith-filled prayer that is. So my prayer for our church is this. May our church be filled with people who have been touched by God, who are filled with his power, who pray for miraculous things and see the immeasurable love of God poured out on this generation. So God, strengthen this church with your power. Strengthen this church with your power. As we're closing today, if if you guys wouldn't mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes, I want to ask a question of you. I got a a few questions I'm going to ask. And the first one is this, is I want to challenge you. Will, Will you... Will you pray this Ephesians 3 prayer for your life every day this week? This is the challenge I'm asking. Is, is I'm asking you this. Will you do that? And if you say, you know what? I am going to pray that the dunamis, the dynamite power of Holy Spirit will come in my life in a radical. Will you, will you pray that every day this week and let's see what happens? If you say, I'm going to do that, will you, will you just stick your hand in here and say, I'm committing to that? Hands all over the room. Everybody, yeah. We're all going to be, most of us here, are going to be praying this, this power, that this Holy Spirit dynamite power will be coming into our life. Number two is this, is, is there something big and specific that you need prayer for? Because we want to pray for you. Um, I'm going to pray for you right now. And, and if you have something big and specific, no details to be shared or anything, just will you put your hand up and say, yeah, I got something big and specific. I got hands here, 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 all over the place. There are big and specific things all over the room that need some prayer. So I'm going to pray right now. And if you guys wouldn't mind joining with me and praying with us, Heavenly Father, we just pray right now for the big and specific things that need to be prayed for into this room right now. God, God, we know that, that you are a big God that can do the immeasurable things. And so, God, we are not going to pray a weak prayer of blessings and, and what God, we're going to pray specifically for the prayer, the, the situation that we need. God, we're praying that your dynamite Holy Spirit power would invade that situation and that you would bring resolution into everything that is going on into these in the, in the lives of the people inside of our church that need dynamite prayer. God, we pray not just for these soft things. We pray a bold prayer, God, that you would bring in such a miraculous transformation uh, uh, impact through the dynamite Holy Spirit power. God, that, that it would be undeniable that it was something that was impossible that broke through because you, God, intervened in this situation. And God, we pray that you would get the glory for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So church, will you stand with me? Let us sing one last song before we take off here this morning. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Rain over the heavens, rain over the earth.